What is a pig? What is a pig? Uh, Father, we thank you for your spirit that is, uh, Lord, stirring your saints uh, all over the world. And uh, here we are, Lord God. We're in the house of God. It's a miracle. We've arrived. We're here. We've made an effort. And Lord God, I pray that you would stir us up to faith, to believe in a, in a bright future, to believe for the families of the house. And um, that, Lord, there is so much potential in each of our children and each of our lives that, Lord God, if we only knew a, a, a fraction of what you have installed for us as, as your people, that, Lord, we would just be absolutely amazed. But this morning, Lord God, we want to talk about being vision builders. We want to talk about how to put our hand to the plow and how to give into the future for the future generations. We don't want to be stalled. We don't want to be stuck. We don't want to be hanging back, Lord God, with fear and trepidation, Lord God. We want to be people of faith that are going to cross rivers, Lord God, because when we go forward, red seas open. Amen. And although the enemy is tracking us down as the story, the narrative of Moses, and they'd been released, they got saved. They go, yeah, we're saved. Awesome. Now we're backed up against the Red Sea and there's seemingly no way across. We can't go left. We can't go right. We're not going to go back into captivity. My God, we're not going to do that. And so what else can we do but pray? And Moses inquired of the Lord and uh, dear God, the Lord said to him, he said, go forth, go forth. And you know what happened? Moses lifted that staff up and the Red Sea opened and praise God. And uh, isn't that amazing? In 1958, I came out from England and uh, we came down uh, the, the Red Sea uh, and uh, near the place where they crossed. Uh, that's amazing. When I was three months old, I was on a, on a boat. And uh, so, Father, I don't know what, how that's symbolically relevant, but I know I have been near that place where Red Seas have opened in Jesus' name. And I pray every blockage, every wall, every single obstacle that is stopping you going forward as a family, as a marriage, as a people, and as a church, I pray that it would be removed and that we would go collectively forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Well, I hope you're saved. Uh, you look like you're all saved. And, and uh, we've got people up north, south. Some people even went west. Meg and Ed went to the mountains. And, uh, and, and I noticed on the social network, they are rugged up and they've got scarves and hats and beanies and... Uh, what got into them to go up to the mountains at this time? I do not know. I know they got a caravan. I know that they love caravanning. It's good that they're getting out and uh, freezing in a caravan. Freezing, but they are obviously not fair-weathered friends. And uh, thank you, worship team. Give it up for them. Hope you got your Bibles this morning. Yeah, let's really give it up for the worship team. Our drummer is having a morning off, our musicians, and again, we've got a lot of people sick, we pray for them, we bless them, and uh, Lord, you can turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel 5.23. Because there's not a lot of us here this morning, I do want to give something, but, and I do want to kickstart the Vision Builders, which is our campaign that has got us thus far, amen, and, and, and if you 
interpret what I'm about to say personally, uh, but corporately as a church, because that's how we go forward. Uh, as a church, we make the commitment that we are your church, Lord, and we are about going forward, not going backwards, and we're not It's going to stall this great effort that we began all those years ago. In 1996, we started out of the Cutler Drive Primary School Hall, and, uh, and then we grew, and then we went into the Wyong High School Hall, and then we found this uh, plot of ground, uh, 11 acres, and a uh, five-year struggle with council and so forth, and we finally secured a DA to build this, uh, what, do they, what do the council call it? Uh, they call it a place of worship, a place of worship. Imagine the council designating our building. Can you imagine that, Evan? You go to the council and you go, so what's that building at 127 Gavin Lock Road? And they go, that's a place of worship. Thank you very much. That's all I needed to know. Great. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I just love that, the council because they tried to stop us every which way. But you know what? Red Sea's open when you stand in front of them and say, we're coming through. We're going to build a house of worship. And, uh, you know, this guy laughed at me when I first suggested that over the counter, the service counter at Wyong Council, and uh, laughed at me, literally, <laughs> I laugh with mockery. Uh, okay, you've got a live one here. He didn't actually say that, but that was the laugh that I was getting, you know. And so don't be put off by the laugh of mockery in your life. And uh, just, just suck it up and just keep going forward. Amen. So I want to gratefully thank uh, the people who have been part of our journey of C3 Church. And uh, you know who you are. They're here. They're elsewhere. And uh, we salute you for your sacred commitment to Vision Builders. Vision Builders, this is our uh, last uh, brochure. We're having new ones made up. They're arriving this week. And it's our campaign to build the house. Uh, other people call it other things, rise and build. Uh, love the house is another one, isn't it, Julie? Heart for the house. Well, this is, this is a, a, a very determined effort to raise awareness and a very conscious effort uh, in, in the people to say, look, guys, we've got a, a great work to do. Look at all the people that we partner with, uh, that we're doing great stuff with. Christian Surface, Jillian Andrew, give it up for these guys. They've literally resurrected the Christian surfers, started in the 70s. Uh, a surfer guy my age now, Andrew and Julie, got to meet them because the guy said, I want you to come to the national meeting and tell us how you got the Christian surfers back up and running and alive. Because we just got all their equipment off Newcastle. They shut it down. There was no people turning up and they shut the thing down so that because Jillian Andrew two years ago had a heart, had a heart for uh, the grommets. Do we call them the grommets? The young little surfy kids yeah. that go to the, the beach on the weekend. And, uh, and, and they have a heart to reach those. Hence the book, give me the book. I need the book that they read, uh, wrote, I should say, should say. I need that book in my hand. And Darlene Check put it up on her um, Instagram account. Uh, 2,000 people liked it. Man, I wish you'd put something of mine up in there. I mean, dear God. Three, you look at my Instagram account, three likes. Two likes. Yeah, if I didn't know, if I didn't know God, I'd, I'd be, man, if I, Father God, if you weren't affirming me, I'd give it all up. And so, but Jillian and Andrew wrote a book. They sent it to Darling Check, and uh, this is just a, just a great example of, of how to reach 
in, in a measured tones, like Instagram, I guess, in measured uh, snippets of great revelatory, just simple to understand, coffee table stuff, give it to your friend, uh, it's available at the back, and Gillian Andrew wrote that, and that is part of their faith, hope, and love community uh, initiative that we need to talk about eventually that will uh, manifest literally, I, 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 I believe, in some form and fashion, but I'm going to leave that up to Jilly. So that's the book that they, they uh, wrote, and uh, Andrew was having a time of sickness in his, on his sick bed. He wrote the book, and because uh, he has this journalism bug, he'd, he's done a, a year or so at University for, for Journalism, is that right, Andrew? He worked for Channel 7. But uh, well done to you, sir and madam, uh, my daughter, for resurrecting the Christian surface. And of late, we've just matched up with um, the rehabilitation program, which I got to speak in. I didn't tell you that, guys. Uh, a men's rehab center up at, um, around Nelson's Bay. Uh, it's supposed to be a secret location, but there's 30 men from jail up there. I was asked to speak up there. And uh, I think it's okay to say that... Um, Andrew O'Keefe is up there. He's in rehab. He's done nine attempts of rehab. Uh, Andrew O'Keefe, the game show host, great smile, great personality, got to meet him, and uh, he's obviously gone off the rails uh, with drugs and, uh, and bi bipolar issues. So, um, so I got to speak to 30 men around a big table, and I knew in the back of my mind, Andrew O'Keefe's here somewhere. I better take note where he is. I'm looking around, and there he was, just smiling at me right at the back, just going, just giving me that game show host smile, you know, with his thumbs in his, his way. Uh, and I said, uh, wow, okay, so it's amazing who you get to speak to about the gospel. But he came up to me and said, thank you. Hey, hey we got to give him a book, and personally said, my, my uh, son-in-law and, and uh, wife, Julie, uh, want to present you with a book. And they wrote some special words in the front, gave the book to them. Uh, we gave the, the book to him. He was so grateful, so grateful. Lovely guy, great smile, great hospitality, classy guy, actually. And, um, but willing to suck it up and do that rehab. And they interviewed him, the news interviewed him, and, and, and just sort of said, what is he doing out here? You know, how did this happen? And he said, I don't know, I don't know how I got here. I've done rehab nine times, but I know this time is different because the, the rehab program is all about the God narrative. And the guy that runs it is all about understanding that we need the Father's love, the affirmation of the Father, that we need, that we need to, to be disciplined. So he gets them up at 5.30 in the morning. If they can't run, they've got to walk 4Ks, 4.30. 5.30, I should say, 5.30 in the morning. Then they can have brekkie, and then they do all this other great stuff. So we partner through Vision Builders in building this church. Amen? Let's give it up for the Lord, man. Some of you, the journey has just begun, and we're excited to welcome you to what we do as Real Vision. When you join a church, you should ask the church, as a mature Christian this is, so what are you guys doing? What are you... I know you're going to place a demand on my time, my talent, my treasure. If you're a musician, we'll place a demand on you. If, if you've got time, we'll place a demand on you. The Bible says, my people volunteer in the day of power. That means in the day of grace. 
The church is known for serving, serving, and we serve God. We're servants of God. Uh, towel ministry, Jesus showed us how to be, how to be a leader, and, and, and he put, puts a towel around his waist and washes the feet of the disciples. So the church is known for serving, and that's what we do. We volunteer, and the Big Noise program that we will be doing, which has been highly successful for, for 18 years, we're asking for more volunteers, I'm sure. Would that be right? I know we've got a bunch, but we need more. And that's five days of uh, entertaining and uh, creating a space for about 100 kids that will come to this place, indoors, outdoors. Guys, you'd be up for that. Come on, I can see you dressed up. I don't know. It's too old, maybe. You can make sandwiches, yeah, but... but you could dress up as something, but can't they? Can't they dress up as a, one of these? So, yes, we always need volunteers. We always need funds to make the dream possible. So after a global pandemic, um, and we're not shy about raising funds for the vision, it's uh, God's preferred future for the church, and it's the most noble cause that you could put your hand to, building God's church it is a house of, uh, of worship, a house of prayer. It's a place of salvation, and it's for the generations. Don't you love that? So after the global pandemic, global unrest, unprecedented floods, fires, droughts, and soaring numbers of people battling mental health, and the stats are just, oh, my goodness, off the, off the thing. It, it can really sound really dire, but the Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, you're going to get something from this. Get this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through your struggle, Julie and Andrew went through the fires. It's a whole story. I won't go in there, but they got trapped down at Conjola Lakes. Conjola. Yeah, you were trapped there. You lost your car, your caravan. You lost every single thing. You lost your computer. You lost your. You just literally lost everything. They they fled with the shirt on their back. And uh, with their family perched out on the end of a jetty with fires, a fire tornado. And uh, I don't want to go into it because it was real and, 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 and it was dramatic. But God was there because the Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I will, be, I will be there. So what happened? They're standing literally on the end with the fire licking up against them. And a guy in a, in a dinghy coming around the corner. And he makes a beeline to them. Quick, get in. They're literally throwing the kids in the dinghy. Literally throwing. Little Florence was up here singing. They just threw her into the, into the dinghy. And then the other kids jumped and they got in. The boat went right down because there was already people in there. And out they went into the middle of the lake with a cloth over their face because the smoke was so intense over all the kids. And that, fa- that photo was in all the papers worldwide. They got interviewed by Good Morning Britain or something, and, and, and you know, I don't know, they turned up with the big cameras and journals, so what happened, what happened? And, and Andrew quoted the scripture, I'm sure he did, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Amen? So, you know, all this stuff that's happening around us, we've got to keep going forward, guys. We've got to keep going forward. And humanity is grappling with hope at the moment. And we're called to revive hope. I'm trying to revive hope right now in you so that you can give it to your neighbor. We've been all week almost like going to all these parties, went to Vivid Friday night and went to a 50th last night, Candace Petha went to her and we got to witness to people. I'm, 
and, and, and the guy's asking me, you know, he's a bit younger than me, and he's asking me, so I'm standing around a, a fire, a fire pit, and he's like, so, so, so you, so you, run, you, you help run that church? Well, I guess I am. I'm a visionary leader. And so, so you believe in God? I said, yeah, I believe in God. So how did that happen for you? I said, this is easy. All right, I'll tell you. So um, he was blessed. His mother died in, in a tragic way in the hospital, suffering. And, and, uh, and his wife finally told Julie, he said, yeah, he believed in God. He was a good Catholic. But, but because he saw his mother str- uh, you know, struggling in the death throes of, of bowing out, he was so dismayed and so discouraged with God, he just cut God out of his life. But, but he, he had prayed as a kid. He had a kidney complaint and he prayed and God healed him. And, but when his mum died, it was just too much to bear and he just cancelled God out of his life. But now he's asking me with all sincerity, so how did you meet with God? And I told him. So we are dispensers of hope and that's what our church is. Our, our church is a dispenser of hope and we are called to revive hope in people. Is that right? We've got to revive this hope in people and they're so open. People are so open to just, just, just to be real with you, basically, this guy said to me, man, he had 125 hectares up at, somewhere up north, and he's got a property here at Y. He said, that means nothing to me, he says. I've got to start living life. I'm 54, he says. And he, and he says, you know, I'm cashed up. I've got this, I've got that, but it means nothing. And I said, well, we talk about having purpose and through that having fulfillment. And uh, you're born for a destiny. You're born to make a difference in this world. And he said, that's what I'm talking about, he's saying to me. He said, that's what I'm talking, that's what I want to do. I want to make a difference. He said, you know, all this money, all this stuff. And he was telling me, dear God, quite enviable position, but it meant nothing to him. So in this day, I want, to, I want to tell you about, you need to hear the word of God. And the word the Lord has is, is given us is go forward, forward. I am with you, forward. Where's that word? Forward, I need it. That's my word. And so no wonder Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so when we serve God like this, when we give to God out of our hearts for these mighty purposes of, of advancing the kingdom, you know, glory is on display. And, and we're shining for him. And people are attracted to it. The, the, this guy said, oh, I know that church. I know that church. The church on the stilts. How many times have I heard that? He said, oh, that's what that place is. We've got to get a big sign, guy, or a big cross on top of this roof. Amen? No, nobody knows what it is. So I want to tell you, we got to prophesy to our 22-23 financial year for our church and for you personally. we got to prophesy into this situation of so-called hopelessness and wait with great expectancy. In fact, I can hear the sound of revival on the horizon. Can you hear it? Can I get any hands that can hear? There's a rumbling, there's a sound of the Holy Spirit calling us to go forth like King David. And I'll just give you this story. Like King David waiting to engage battle, but I ask you to open your Bibles to 2 Samuel 5.23. And I pray that you take this to heart because this is how we got here thus far. Like King David waiting to engage battle, he knew he had to wait and inquire of the Lord and then go forward. Now, if you look at chapter 5, you can see there's one battle, and he went straight in and won that battle, but he first inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the timing and the instruction. 
David had just been anointed king and very quickly had victory against his enemies, the Philistines. But troubling times were upon them again when the Philistines gathered again their army against them and king, against King David and his army. And 2 Samuel 5.23 says, Therefore David again inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up. So God's saying, hang on, different game plan. You shall not go up. You shall not go up. Um, but you, you shall circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Another version says balsam trees. And 24 says, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. This is how we birthed this church, guys. This is how we've always gotten strategy for this church of what to do, what to pray for, what to place our hand to. Then you shall advance quickly. Can you say that? Advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. 2 Samuel 5.25 And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Giza. There was a glorious season. This was in fact a glorious season of King David's life. Long hoped for dreams were realized and he had a unified Israel who, could, who he could lead into battle. This was good. So you see in chapter 2, um, to Samuel chapter 5, one victory led to another. But David, you can see, and you should highlight it, David inquired of the Lord with the first battle, and he won. And we've won many battles over the years to get this church here. It's absolutely amazing. A lot of people talk about our church. How the heck did you secure 11 acres? How the heck did you get that building out of the ground? How did you fight a five-year battle with council when they kept on repeatedly saying no, no, no? But Jesus was saying yes, 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 amen. It would be so easy uh, for us to go, well, work back then like that. Let's do it like that again with this next battle. But David didn't. He fought the battle and he won, it's true. And David inquired of the Lord again, realizing he needed God's favor and he needed that battle plan from the Lord. I'm sure, and I've read a commentary that there were some hot shot young commanders in the mix saying, let's get into it. Let's get stuck into it. Let's go forth. We did it before by going gung-ho and going head on with them. Let's just go at it again. But David said, wait, he's the guy who's tracking with God. His heart is after God. He's in this intimate relationship with God. He's saying to the young bucks, hang back, wait, wait. We've got to wait for the Lord. And the plan was from God, wait till you hear something. And it was good to seek the Lord because at that time, God had a different battle plan. Guess what, guys? Not every battle is the same. The 22 and 23 financial year is not going to be the same. Amen? We need fresh revelation of what God is doing. And so the Lord had said, let me go in first and strike the enemy before you go in. How would David know that God had struck the enemy first, I'm asking you? 
here it is. Wait for the sound. It's very important to prophetically pick up what God is saying. Wait for the sound of marching in the mulberry trees. Some ancient rabbi said the sound was the angelic host marching marching across the tops of the mulberry trees. The angelic host. They're going. That's it. That's our cue. Let's do it. It's the same now when David and his troops heard the sound. Say the sound. Can you say that again? The sound. He rushed forward into victory. And this principle is true of everyday life with us, with God. When we sense the Lord is at work around us, we advance quickly. David did. He went forth. Go forward. And, of course, if we do the same, we'll see great victory in in the Lord's name. Amen? When we see the work of God happening around us, it's like the sound in the mulberry trees. All this prophetic drama that we're experiencing and hearing on the news waves, it's all to do with this rustling sound that should awaken us, listen to me, should awaken us to prayer, amen, and devotion. We should be praying like never before because we can hear a sound, a rustling sound. The uncertain times and the prophetic drama is like the sound in the mulberry trees. And we should awaken with a confession of heart, a confession and a repentance that we want to be in that number, that we want to be in that proper place with God to advance his kingdom. The principle is the same. When we see God working, we must stir ourselves, stir ourselves and advance quickly to follow in the victory that God has for us. Amen? And when we find the flow of God's Spirit, we should jump in and follow it. And that's what's happening here at this church. People are realizing there's a flow of the Spirit, and they're jumping in. They're going, please, take me. Take me for the ride of my life. But we're only moving because of the Spirit of the Lord. Can someone say amen? When you hear the Lord... When you hear that sound, it's saying to us, go forward. The Lord is advancing us. Do it quickly. Advance quickly. Be a vision builder. Be a vision builder and allow the kingdom to advance through your local church. That's what the Lord is saying through this campaign. How can we discern the voice of the Lord? Uh, He's the one who shapes our vision. And so you, you, you say... Pastor Phil, you have vision, that you're a visionary leader. I believe we do. We've heard the Lord. The Lord shapes the vision. He gives the the seed, the concept of the vision that we have. Hence, you're sitting in, uh, not Walt Disney's dream, but our dream, this church's dream. I won't say it's my dream, but it's a a dream. It's a vision that God gave gave us. Walt Disney died, and and they're doing this ceremony of, help me, Mars Hill, what, Space Hill, Space Mountain, Space Mountain. Guys, you've never been to Disney. Well, it's a magnificent mountain to do with all this, you know, wonderful imagination of Walt Disney. And they're waxing lyrical. Oh, if only Walt had been here to see it. And his wife came up. She was part of the ceremony. He said, young man, I have to uh, uh, refute you on that. He did see it, and that's why it's there. 
That's why it's there. He did see it. There's a real story. Walt was sitting in the, in the property and looking up into, into space, and the gardener was worried about everything all right, Mr. Disney, or uh, can I get you anything? No, no, just, just pondering, just pondering. Well, he was looking right in the direction where this space mountain was to be built. But they thought he was going crazy. People thought I was going crazy. People th- thought our, our church was going crazy doing what we're called to do. Amen? But that's what vision does. It sees a preferred future. And then, and then people go, I see it. Let's do this. Let's go forth and see it manifest out of the ground. How to listen to God in distracting times. Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, competing attention of focus, news, news, news. But God's people are called to prioritize one voice over all the others. Revelations 3.22 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Like Netflix is awesome, isn't it? There's some great little tidbits there you can watch. But if I was listening to Netflix all the time and prioritizing Netflix, every time I needed to have some downtime, I'd go, what's on Netflix? What's Netflix going to tell me? Man, you know, man, I, I, I wouldn't have a Christian life. I, I'd live in, in this falsehood of this narrative of vain imaginations. Do you know what I mean? You lose, you lose the whole concept of the kingdom. And then you reduce your Christianity to Sunday Christianity. And, and a religious effort of appeasing God by coming to church on Sunday and having a tidy little Christian life on Sunday. But the, the other six days, you're just lost in some other world. You're lost in your own world or the world that the, the world has given you. You've got to fight. You've got to fight for the God narrative and the God version of your life, for the God pr- preferred version of your life. But you've got to go forward to do that. We must focus on the destination which is, at, which is the kingdom of God. What do you want to do in life? What is your personal purpose? What is your personal vision and corporate vision? Hebrews 12 too, encourages us looking into, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did he despise that shame? Realizing that what he was to do on the cross, the fulfillment of all that that he was to do on the cross was totally worth it. That, that shame he went through, that, that torture he went through, he, he just said, it's all worth it to see you saved and to see the church alive and well on the planet. You've you, you got to drill down into that. That's quite, quite amazing. So my prayer today is this for you, that you will start a relationship with God, with him, renew it, get your focus on Jesus. Don't you love the sound of kids? Love it. We were at this party last night. Young lady. We're in, sometimes you've got to just find out what these chance relationships are about. Went to Candace Pether's house, great house. Thank you, dear God. They have a lovely house at Duralong. Against all odds, they bought a house. Young people, you, you can acquire a house in these times. Kurumbong. And uh, we got introduced to a, a young lady. She looked about, what age would she be about? She looked Late. in her 20s, but she would have been in her... Might have been 30. And so 
we're chatting to her, and she's one of the, the employees at Candace's company. Yes, yeah. Oh, Julie said, I know your face. She said, well, who are you? And, well, you know, we're the church at C3 Tuggera. And, oh, okay. I think I used to go to the youth group there uh, 15 years ago, it would have been. Uh, we used to come from the entrance high and, and go to your youth group. And I was, we were trying to work out who the leaders were. But she's all grown up, she's got family, she's got kids. And that, that just so blessed me. That was such a, great, such a great story to hear. That what we're doing year in, year out, that here it is, all grown up. Family, because lovely young woman. And uh, she's saying, oh, that was such a special time in my life. So never underestimate what your church is doing. We are called to greatness. You can, and, and, and you know what? If only people could recognize the fact that when a great assignment is before them, a great vision is before them, and they connect with it, they give to it. Because I'll tell you this, everyone has this innate desire to do something great. Is that right? That you want to do something, it usually happens for men in their 40s, they have midlife crisis and they go, man, I've got to do something great, I'm running out of time. And so, sorry ladies about that, but men do have this propensity to want to kick huge goals, especially as they get in, sorry guys, get into their 40s, because they know... I'm, I'm running, I'm a step slower, man. I got, if I'm going to kick that goal, I've got to do it now. Julie and I went out nearly every night this week because we realized, we're realizing a lot of people are, are bowing out around our age. I hate to tell you that. And, and so even for an introvert like me, I've got to push myself. I, I did say yes to go to Vivid in the afternoon, but by, by 4 o'clock in the afternoon... I was laying on the carpet going, God, I said I would go. I know I should go. I said I would go. Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would give me strength. Lord, I pray you would resurrect this mortal body. Lord, I pray that I would be able to come out of myself and step into my ulterior, my, my other version of coming alive, socializing, being friendly, putting a smile on, being a granddad, helping the kids across the road. And, but you know what? I love that Friday night. The, the, uh, not the fireworks, the, the, um, the waterworks. Uh, the sound was amazing. The colors and the creativity in Darling Harbor. I was like there with my ice cream the kids were standing beside I was going, man, this is awesome. And I was going to miss out on this. I was praying for a miracle that I wouldn't have to go. <laughs> and I'm just, that beautiful ice cream, that was so worth it. And, and, and <laughs> but I, I had to go forward. I was literally laying on my back going, God, did I really say I would go? Did I, did I really say? 
You don't know what it's like for an introvert. For introverts, all right, so that might lead me to my, I was going to talk about our time's up, but I was going to talk about, you're called to greatness and you'll never, you'll never have that release unless you join with something like building God's house. Can I just say, God wants to eternalize your life. Now, what did I just say? Eternalize, meaning make your life bigger than just the momentary, temporary, the Bible says, a vapor. Shh. Sorry, guys, do I have to reduce your life to an aerosol can? Shh. But the Bible says it's a shh. You want to do something to leave a mark, or leave a legacy that says, I made a difference, I changed lives, I built God's church so that when you leave and enter eternity, you can stand before Jesus and say, man, that was a wild ride down there, Lord, but I did what you called me to do. I was a vision builder. I believed in your kingdom coming. Now, there is a problem, and, and I'll mention this pastorally. Uh, ants. Who's got a problem with ants? Moving forward requires courage, and you will have to destroy all the ants. Have you had an ant problem? We do. We're in our wall, and they come through the wardrobe. And, but have you ever had a problem in your backyard, your home? Ants can ruin a family picnic and many types of ants. Some can bite you. Some can eat away at the structure of your home. I'm getting somewhere. Don't worry. Do you know that these ants are called, that's right, fire ants or carpenter ants? But let's look at another type of ant that Dr. Daniel Amen, a noted scientist, that's a great surname, Amen. Sorry, sir, what's your name? Dr. Amen. Thank you. Great to meet you, uh, Mr. Amen. Mr. Amen, that's classic. A noted psychiatrist, Evan. And he discusses this fact. This type, he says, uh, this type of ant can destroy your emotional, relational, and spiritual lives. And again, I say, it can destroy your emotional, relational, spiritual lives. ANTS is an acronym that stands for Automatic Negative Thoughts. Have you ever challenged some of the thoughts that come in to see Vision builders, when we do vision builders and when we do rise or build and talk about money, people go to the negative thought straight away to the point where they just go, no, I can't be a vision builder and I can't give. It's too hard. So we call these automatic negative thoughts. Do you know anyone who's just got, just reframes everything to a negative comment? It's a beautiful day, yeah, but it's cold outside. What a great car. Yeah, but look at, gee, I can't fit my luggage in there. Everything's got a negative connotation. That's a great church. Yeah, but. Church is awesome. Yeah, but. It's the negative, And I tell you what, you've got to arrest this thing. ANTS is an acronym for automatic negative thoughts. And we've got to challenge those thoughts when we come to a time of giving to the Lord. Not every thought is helpful, guys. The Bible tells us we demolish, oh, arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Get that thought. 
Take it captive to every, to every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, you can put that up now. I know it's late, I quoted it late. But. And some of these ants sound like this. I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm a klutz, I'll never find a husband or wife. I'll never be happy. Bad things always happen to me. I could never forgive myself. I can't be a vision builder. I can't give sacrificially, generously. Ant thoughts are negative and produce feelings that will only hurt and inhibit you. Can you say amen to that? They are factories of toxic chemicals that <coughs> destroy... Sorry, that fire pit was awesome last night. I don't know what sort of firewood it was, but... Man, we could hardly see. We were crying. Every story we tried to tell, everyone ended up in tears. But we realized it was about the firewood. It was a bit green. Sorry, Pethers, but that wood was a bit green. It's like a toxic factory of hormones that get released and stuff. That, you know, psychologist Rachel can explain it. She's done a whole bunch of study of psychiatry. and can destroy your entire life, guys. Paul tells us in Romans, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Guys, it's time to get rid of the ants out of your brain. Yeah. We need to confront our subconscious self-talk and speak life into every situation, whether that's about your health, your wealth, your, your peace of mind. I don't know what you're facing, but if you confront those ants and deal with them, stop those negative things coming out of those negative connotations negative comments, negative seeds coming out of your mouth, you will be from whatever is true, whatever is things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things and get those out of your mouth. When you move forward, you will face trials. There's no doubt about it. We're not being presumptuous to you know, tell you that, that it's all peaches and cream, the part of the journey is, remember, that it says we don't, I like this quote, we don't, we don't live with the facts of our lives, but the interpretation of the facts of our lives. I've got to quote that again. We don't live with the facts of our lives, but the interpretation of the facts of our lives. My dad taught me something amazing, that whatever problem the thing was, whatever the obstacle was, there was always another way to view it and another way to deal with it. We used to have this program in the 60s. It was like this scientific show. And I remember they would give you a puzzle. They would give you a problem. And they would put you in a room. It had water in it. Then they would give you planks. And you were supposed to get over to the other side there. And, and, and you had four planks or something. And you had to go, how am I going to get over there? It's water. It's deep water. I can't get over there. But what they would training you to do was think outside the box and so you had to put these planks in a certain way which could go into a particular way that that allowed you uh, there was one across the corner one plank across the corner thank you that gets me closer across there and then another plank across that corner thank you and the, and and somehow from that puzzle they were able to reach the other side there is a way through life. It's not all dead end. You've got to move forward. 
Father, we pray right now that you would help us, enable us to go forward with faith, move, to go forward. Just like Moses did and the people of God felt like they were trapped by the Red Sea. Many feel that they've been trapped by the circumstance of life. But life dictates that we go forward. We go forward and we go through the Red Sea. I want you to make a declaration with me this morning. Because God said to Moses, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, Exodus 14, 13. I say to you today, do not be afraid, stand still and see that which God will do for us. Let's prepare ourselves, in fact, to go forward through vision builders. Moses cried out and prayed to God for his predicament. And Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. And C3 Tugra, the Lord will fight for you. Every single member of this church, the Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold my peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children, tell the people of C3 Tugra to go forward. Can you say go forward again, please? But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand. Lift up that offering unto the Lord. Stretch out your hand across the sea and it shall divide and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God has already promised that he's greater than any obstacle. Red seas open when we go forward. Let's declare this. We're, so, we're in such a unique time in the history of this world and it's, and it's time we've got to believe with great faith and we can declare with faith five declarations for forward movement. I say it again, five declarations of forward movement. I want to say this over you. My forward movement in life causes red seas to open. Can you just lift up your hands like this? Just say this with me. I don't know what obstacle you're facing. You're trying to buy a house. You got a health issue. You got a child issue. You got a family issue. You got a job issue. And you're staring it in the face. But God is saying to you, go forth. So, five declarations for forward movement. My form, forward movement in life causes Red Seas to part. Number one, adaptability. I will thrive no matter what happens. Two, hope. I believe the future will be better than the present and I have the power to make it so. Who can say amen to that? Three, faith. I am thankful that God's promises and my prayers are working in my life, my family's lives, my circumstances, my church, my nation, and even the nations. Forgiveness, say forgiveness. My intentional forgiveness creates well-being for others and for me. Whoa, bitter root defiles many. Lord, I'm asking that you deal with every, every residual value of unforgiveness towards anyone in my life. And I mean including everyone. Lord, help me be free of all encumbrances. Free of all unforgiveness. Five, long-term thinking. My beliefs and choices are leaving a positive legacy for generations to come. My beliefs and choices are leaving a positive legacy 
for generations to come. And I declare this scripture over you, Philippians 3.12 to 14, the Message Bible. Just as you just sit there and I just want to declare and speak this over your life. I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, Paul says, but I'm well on my way. I am going forward, reaching out for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. See, he's reached out for you to be included in his church, into being a vision builder, into being a propagator of the gospel, of being a witness. And it says again, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. I think I need to read it, Jilly, out of the ESV. I think you gave that to me, Jilly. And it says, not that I have already obtained this or, or am already perfect, but I press on. Now, I want you to say this with gusto. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Can you say that with me? But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So it's forward time. Father, we thank you that we've come to this moment to say, Lord, we we want to move on into our destiny, into our destination and Lord, help us with the, with the focus of that. Lord, we're not talking about vision, trying to recapture the good old days, rather desire to create days that have not yet existed. Help us do that, Lord. And Lord, I believe that when we keep company with you, God, we keep moving. Lord, help us with a clear vision, giving us a passion that keeps us continually moving forward in life. Your vision should be something that lives on after you've gone. Vision Builders allows us to continue to reach people with the hope of Jesus and build His church. C3 Tugra, we have an opportunity to go about and beyond in our generosity and invest in the vision God has given us for this new financial year. Because of your commitment, we continue to be God's great church, a lighthouse of faith, hope, and love. The Bible says in Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, there's a promised land waiting on the other side of your obedience. (coughs) Let's all stand. God bless you as you do. Father, we thank you. We stand before you. You're beckoning us forward. Red seas are opening. Let's sing unto the Lord, maybe. Just seal that, all that I've said unto the Lord. Just give him a couple more moments. Another two minutes. Just give him to seal that prayer to seal that confession, to seal that declaration to go forward.